Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest-cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk, text, and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. Hey, guys. I'm Carolina Hidalgo. And I'm Juan Camilo Saez, and we're here for our last podcast network. Our show, Escuela Sangre, is a weekly Spanish podcast where each week we talk about Hispanic true crime, serial killers, the supernatural folklore, and Walter Mercado. Icon. The cool thing about this show is that it's not just for native speakers, but also for anyone who wants to learn or brush up on their Spanish. Yeah! If you go to lastpodcastnetwork.com and click on ES Scripts, you'll find the scripts to our shows. The transcript is not a direct translation to the show since we improvise a fair amount here and there, but the narrative is as close as it gets, I promise. Sí, sí. Hemos hablado sobre Pedro López, sobrevivientes en los Andes Richie Valen Sacrificios Humanos de sí. los Aztecas Santería Santería Selena y Yolanda Historias Hispanas de México Colombia Perú España Brasil Puerto Rico Puerto Rico So if you want to hear about La Llorona Juana Barraza Pop star Gloria Trevi and her time in a sex cult Ooh. Escuela Sangre is the show for you You can find all the episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, or go to lastpodcastnetwork.com under shows. Los shows. So búscalo. Búscalo. Gracias, amigos. Bye. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on Shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. Hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? This is Ben Kissel with you. You might also hear Travis Morningstar. Yes, I'm on a new anxiety medication Great. called, it's colloquially known as the stage fright drug, so I might fuck around and do some observational comedy for you. Oh my God. Well, please get off the medication. <laughs> um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for joining today. We have a bunch of stuff to get to. Uh, the first thing I want to say is recommend a documentary series. This is called Flint Town. Flint Town. Uh, it is really a powerful documentary series. It focuses on law enforcement in Flint, Michigan, and it shows sort of both sides of what law enforcement deals with. So you'll be watching the documentary and you'll say, I sympathize with some of the struggles. You know, there's only 98 officers for the entire town of Flint. Extremely difficult to navigate. Crime is rampant and it is a dangerous job. So you do sympathize with the officers when it comes to them putting themselves in harm's way. And I understand it's extremely brutal. It's brutal hours. It's a horrible job in many ways. You don't even get that much cash for it. So I have empathy and sympathy for the officers when it comes to them putting their lives on the line. But then you also kind of see the flip side of that. 
after a new sheriff comes to town. I'm mm-hmm. not going to ruin this because apparently on side stories, we talked about Lorena, mm-hmm. the Lorena documentary. And some people said, you spoiled it. And I'm like, it's a 26-year-old story. the Lorena Bobbitt story. <laughs> it literally is 26 years old. I don't know. Like, I didn't, we didn't spoil it. Everyone knows this story. It is, it's old enough. It's five years. It can be, it has been drinking for five years. It is 26 years old. Anyway, I don't want to ruin it. But at one point, there's a sheriff that takes over, a new sheriff in town, although he's actually part of the old guard. And Flint, again, becomes much more aggressive. Sort of broken windows, what Giuliani did here in New York City. So then you start seeing a lot of unwarranted traffic stops. Basically, throw the book at him. Mm-hmm. Whatever. And if you ever read the book Two Felonies a Day, or if you've ever just looked at the statutes in this country, everything is illegal. I jaywalked at least three times today. God knows what else I've done illegal today. Puffin I'm, is probably illegal. Puffin is illegal. Puffin I don't, is illegal in well, some way. In some way, I'm sure. Although Puffin... No, Ben, I am not illegal. <laughs> I have never done anything wrong. I'm the cutest little dog. Well, why did you have to flee South Korea? Well, I did run a small gang. Yes, I ran a small gang in South Korea, but that's not why they sent me to where they sent me to murder me. Yeah, I didn't do nothing wrong, Ben. Look at these hands. I can't even hold a knife. Good point, Puffin. You just you just won cross-examination. I know you never did anything wrong. You're the best dog in the world. I'm truly freaked out right now. I know. That's my relationship with my dog. The, the most, well, that's not the most significant relationship I have, but it's a really significant <laughs> relationship. So they get a new guard in there, an old guard, actually, a new sheriff. And um, he's been around for a while. And then they start stopping people for not wearing seatbelts, not uh, having their blinkers on, whatever. And they're looking for drugs, and they're looking... For guns, and oftentimes they find nothing. Mm-hmm. They show they sh- the clips that they do show of not finding anything when they don't find anything. In those clips, are like, okay, you're free to go. I wonder what would happen if the cameras weren't there. Um, but then you also see this footage of them watching the day after the Philando Castile shooting. I believe it was uh, Geronimo Yanez, I think was the name of the guy, the officer that shot him. They're watching that footage, and their reaction. When seeing that footage, of course, uh, you know, Philando is bleeding out. His child is screaming in the backseat. His girlfriend is like, this is crazy. Please don't die. She's in tears. Everyone that watched that was like, something wrong happened. I think the officer overreacted. Uh, The man does have a conceal and care license. The officer asked him to get his ID. It seemed like that's what he was doing. The officer was like, acting as if he was on crystal methamphetamine in an ICP concert. He just kept, he just kept on yelling the F word over and over he again. He was playing Far Cry in he, the moment. He really was. He was super into it. And so I'm watching that footage. I'm like, okay, there's no way that these officers can say that this is a justified shooting. But given their experience, they say the first thing they asked was, why was she filming? And it's like she was filming because she didn't want to get shot. That's why she was filming. And the second thing is when the news report came out, they're like, oh, um, he did have a conceal and carry license. However, they found some marijuana in the car. All of the cops' faces were like, yeah, well, well, you see? And it's like marijuana possession is not a death penalty case. So no matter what. So it, it is a really interesting documentary. And I highly recommend you check it out. It's called Flint Town. And the mayor and the governor, Governor Schneider there, they should have all been arrested. They poisoned an entire town. It, you know, it reminds me, and people are dying because of it, and they're going to have lifelong injuries and lifelong medical conditions. Even in, they say it goes on for three generations, yeah. lead poisoning. So this is going to be a long process to try to cure these people. And 
it reminds me of what Umshun Rikyo did. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just searing gas. It's a little bit quicker, sure. But the outcome is the same. I think they should have all been prosecuted, and they should all go changing the water supply from Lake Huron to a violently polluted uh, water supply. One day, a policy decision, one day, changes the lives. Creates a legacy of pain. It's it's horrible. It's horrible. So check out the documentary Flint Town. I highly recommend it. And uh, you'll be screaming at the screen sometimes, but it just gives you some good insight as to what the job of a police officer is and a little insight into what how their minds work. And it is... It is different uh, than civilians' minds. So that is for oh, yeah. sure. They are openly militant, specifically towards the end of that docu-series. It's quite interesting. All right. So let's see here. Other things to get to. And well, I'll talk very briefly about Roger Stone. So Roger Stone, I guess moron. Is that mm-hmm. the right? Like mm-hmm. just an old, mm-hmm. an old, out-of-touch idiot. He goes to the judge. He gets a sweet little deal. You know, she's like, all right, bro, you can go out and you can even talk to the news media. She's like, I, I'm giving you a small gag order. Obviously, you know, with the seven count indictment coming from Mueller. I'm giving you a small gag order. Just don't speak around the court. Don't be a total jackass and it'll all be good. Oops. Well, um, <laughs> another old man on social media not understanding that it is um goes everywhere yeah, it goes everywhere it's not like a, a private little thing between your followers and friends so this dumbass puts a picture of the judge calls it a sham trial all this kind of stuff and if that wasn't bad enough there was what looked to be a small sort of target next to the judge's head i've seen some reports where it's like it was over the judge's head but it was not it was just kind of to the side or it was the zodiac symbol a or reference the to zodiac. Ted, ted cruz's father could be sure so anyway uh, he gets blasted for that and then he's like oh my god i've made a mistake so then he takes down the picture, crops out the target, and just puts the same thing up. And I'm like, I really don't think the target is even the biggest problem here. I think it's you openly criticizing the judge of your case. And I am not a genius and I'm not a lawyer, but it just seems to me like be nice to the judge. It just seemed if I am a defendant facing serious, serious time in prison, I think I would just be, I would be sending cookies. Yeah. I would be like, it's Valentine's Day. And who did I think of first? You, judge. I love you so much. Here is a wonderful card. And it sings. It's singing flowers, proclaiming my love for you. He did not go that route. Instead, he went the public attention route, thinking that somehow uh, that that's going to make this so theatrical that the trial itself won't be real. But my friend, it is real. It's quite real. You are in a federal courtroom. So because of that, the judge said, all right. He, the judge, she was actually still nicer than I think a lot of judges would have <laughs> yes. been. She said, okay, bud, we'll let you go again. You do it again, you're, you're, lo- you're in lockup, but now you can't do media, you can't do TV, you can't do radio, you can't do print, you can't do anything. Just shut up. And I was thinking about it, I'm like, man, that might be worse than prison. Yeah. That might be worse than prison for Stone. It might be worse than jail Those are some of his, his favorite places to, to talk it's on all radio he does. and TV. And- well, you know, once you get so involved with the inception of television news, and that's all he's done, you know, he thinks of life as a stage. Yes. And he's the star of his own theatrical production. And when you start doing that, you often forget that the walls and the bars are very real and the justice system is extremely real and they don't really care about your reality show that you have playing in your head. They're just going to see you as a person who is now in front of them that is looking at serious, serious time. So that's all we'll say about Roger Stone. When it comes to Robert Mueller, I just touch on this briefly because, again, it's going to be... Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani. Mm-hmm. And who, if we can't trust Rudy, 
Who can we trust? I love when he played for Notre Dame and got that sack in that football game. So Rudy Giuliani is like, yeah, we'll see this thing in about two weeks, the Mueller report. And it is possible, and it does seem like the indications are that it will be wrapping up soon. And it is possible they don't show any collusion or anything like that. So when it comes to Robert Mueller, both sides are already sort of, this will be another Warshack test. Mm -hmm. What will it be? Is there going to be some big smoking gun like Donald Trump literally hung out with Vladimir Putin to figure out how to win the election? It's not going to be that. We'll see what happens. Bob Barr uh, has said that he's going to release as much as you possibly can. And I'm sure the Democrats will be demanding that they release as much stuff as possible. You know, obviously not classified stuff. This is going to be there's going to be a lot of redacted things. But I would just say the Mueller report will comment on it when it comes out. They said they want to make it as simple as possible. They, they don't want it to be super long. And they're like, we're just going to give you the facts and do as you will with them. And of course, politically, the spin is going to be totally insane on both sides. Yeah. So we'll see. Is it going to be the smoking gun that many? Is this going to be? Chinese democracy is this going to be like the, Axel Rose? Yeah, is yeah, this going to be it? the big, long, uh, much anticipated <laughs> Honestly, release, and then it's that's a Chinese great democracy. That is a great reference. This could be the version <laughs> of Guns N' Roses' latest album that took a decade. Yeah, I really hope it's not. But well, it's possible, and already people are starting to sort of be like, well, even if the Mueller report clears Donald Trump, he's still got the Southern District of New York. He's got some other. So there, the legal troubles will never end for Donald Trump, but he's been. In legal trouble his entire life and of course we'll wait to see what michael cohen says under oath so that's what's going on as far as the Mueller investigation uh and i want to get to a huge news story here in a second that absolutely nobody has covered um but before we do that uh bernie sanders has announced will be it will see if he's able to hold on to that coalition that he was able to coalesce in 2016, uh, again, I mean, he's, he's, I don't want to be ageist. I really don't because I think his brain is all there. But, whew, my God, we got some old candidates coming through. Um, and that's fine. You know, it's fine. We got some young ones, too. But we'll be we'll see if, you know, Elizabeth Warren or Cory Booker or to some degree Kamala. But I'm not. Her father came out because she referenced Kamala Harris's father. I think he's a Harvard professor or scientist. And he came out and was like, don't play politics with your heritage, because apparently she's like, I smoked weed in college because of my Jamaican roots. And he's like, that's a little racist. We didn't really raise you that yeah. way. So, of course, I think she's kind of pandering a little too much. And it's hard because she hasn't had the same message over the years, like someone like Elizabeth Warren, sure. who push comes to shove no matter what. Uh, whether you agree with the message or not, she she gets to it. Yeah, she may be dorky and, and embarrassing you know, sometimes, but she but, she's consistent. So we'll see if uh, if Bernie can sort of fend off the other more left leaning people within the Democratic primary and still hold on to that solid base. Of course, we may see something that we saw in 2016 with the Republicans, where maybe Bernie just needs to get 30 percent and win every primary, 35 percent. I think the biggest margin or the most amount of votes. That Donald Trump got was 35 percent ever. I mean, that's and that's one of the risks you have when you have so many candidates. Uh, oftentimes, your second choice will become the first, regardless if you want that or not. So this is a, a stat that's been bandied about on Twitter and stuff. But like within 12 hours, Bernie's campaign received over three million dollars worth of support. Yeah, No, I mean, he's got the money coming in. Those are and, real people. I mean, those are just like those are twenty dollar donations. Yeah, from a no, bunch I mean, I, I I think people are still feeling the burn. I was talking with Marcus about this recently. I'm a little fatigued with sure. Bernie because it's like, 
I sort of want to see all new faces, but that's also kind I'm, of a problem. I'm fatigued with by the, the fatigue, though. Oh uh, yeah, Bernie. well, and you know, of course, Bernie and Bernie and Donald Trump, when it comes to their populism, there were some similarities on foreign policy. Getting getting rid of TPP, that was something that Bernie ran on. Obviously, they have a lot of different ideas when it comes. Well, actually, if you listen to uh, to Bernie Sanders' rhetoric on immigration, I do not think you would go about it the same way that Donald Trump. And I'm about to get into an immigration story here in a second. He would not go about it the same way, but he is not particularly uh, hmm. liberal. This whole idea on or. This whole idea that they're open borders, they, they want open borders, all that stuff is such nonsense. So who knows? Maybe Bernie Sanders can peel away some of that support. My friend, uh, well, I don't know if, well, I'm not going to call him an enemy, so if you're not my enemy, you're my friend. <laughs> His name is Harlan, and uh, he's a carrot. He looks like we just watched Happy Death Day to You, um, which is pretty good, although the ending, I'm Ooh. not going to ruin that. I, I would have made different choices than she made, but uh, that's okay. He looks like Baby, like the big baby yeah. with the baby mask, <laughs> uh, but he's a, he's a nice enough guy. But he went from Bernie to Trump, and I'm like, how the hell do you do that? So I was talking to him in the green oh. room, and he did hit on that sort of populist message. And there were a lot of people, I think, that mm-hmm. went from Bernie to Donald Trump. They went they went with the change candidate. And as soon as Bernie was gone, Donald Trump was the only one left. So who knows? Maybe Bernie would be able to peel away some of that support, that grassroots populism support, different kind of populism, but populism nonetheless, that Donald Trump was able to I think benefit from greatly in 2016. People, people want to go back in time and make that, like, change the course of history. And this is literally their opportunity go to do it. back in time. I believe that was a Conan O'Brien sketch. Uh, Speaking of going back in time, in that was a... In the year 2000? I don't know. In the year 2000. Yes, that was a... I remember that. And they used to do that in 1998. And I was like, oh my God, what if that's true? And then <laughs> all we had was late night talk shows to watch as people who loved comedy. And, and 9-11. Man, and then 9-11 and Columbine. It ruined everything. All right. So that's what is happening there. Just a real... I mean, you go watch go watch the TV news if you want to hear more of that. TV news just circles and circles and circles itself. And I'm like, what is this? Ad nauseum. Anyway, here is a story. Uh, that I wanted to get to. I have not heard about this story. It came out February 18th of this year. I don't see how this story isn't bigger news. This is from USA Today. The headline is, Emails show how fake university set up by ICE lured foreign students. This was in Detroit. In the summer of 2017, a foreign student in Michigan received an email from an official at the University of Farmington. It was a pleasure speaking with you, university official Ali Malani wrote to the student from India. Thank you for your recent interest in the University of Farmington, a nationally accredited business and STEM science, technology, engineering and mathematics institution. Here at the University of Farmington, we have created an innovative learning environment that combines traditional instruction with full time professional experiences. We offer flexible classes and focus on students who do not want to interrupt their careers so this email is sent out they're having some interaction it turns out this is a bait by ice to capture and theoretically imprison or deport undocumented people who are here without a visa at the bottom of this email it described the university as quote a nationally accredited institution authorized to enroll international students by the u.s department of Homeland Security. The emails and others like it were obtained by the Detroit Free Press revealing how the university portrayed itself to potential foreign students. The email exchanges with Ali Milani 
who was described in his LinkedIn profile as the president of the University of Farmington, show how the school in Farmington Hills, Michigan, may have lured students to enroll in a fake university set up by the Department of Homeland Security. This is shocking. Mm. And these are also, when we talk about undocumented people, when we talk about brain drain, folks who come to this country and then have to go back, they come from India, Europe, wherever it might be, when we talk about that, we need these people in our country. Yes. So now we have ICE fishing for people who are looking to get an education, looking to benefit our society, looking to do things uh, by the books. So January 30th, Fed set up a fake university in Michigan to nab undocumented immigrants. This is according, again, to the USA Today article, a federal indictment unsealed January 30th, said that the university was produced by federal agents with an investigative division of U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Of course, that is commonly known as ICE, which is part of the Department of Homeland Security. Federal agents posed as university officials such as Ali Milani to trick students. Federal prosecutors allege that more than 600 students enrolled at the university knew it was improper, but the emails and attorneys tell a different story. So federal prosecutors are sitting there being like, they enrolled in this fake university. They knew it was fake. I can't believe they committed that crime. And it's like, you created the problem. You created the trap. You created the fake university to prey on people who are looking to get an education to make their lives better so that they can do something great in this country. In addition to the emails, federal undercover agents took other steps to manipulate the foreign students. According to public records and attorneys, this is, again, uh, the USA Today article, undercover investigators with Department of Homeland Security registered the University of Farmington with the state of Michigan as a university using a fake name. At the request of DHS, a national accreditation agency listed the University of Farmington as being accredited in order to help deceive prospective students. Hmm. This is so systemic and crazy. The university was also placed by federal investigators on the website of ICE uh, as a university approved by them under a government program for foreign students known as SEVIS, Student and Exchange Visitor Program. So if you're a student or if you're a undocumented person in Michigan, you get this email and you're like, sweet, you you do your due diligence, you do your background check, and you're like, I want to see if this is a real university. They set it up so deep, they they honestly faked being accredited, and they went so far as to say that this is what was improved, uh, was approved by ICE under the Student and Exchange Visitor Program. Uh, this is fakes. This is totally crazy. This is according to Amir Zar, an adjunct professor of law at the University of Detroit Mercy, and a spokesman for one of the 146 students who were detained by ICE. He says, it seems quite clear the scheme was set up by the government not to go after legitimate offenders, but to create fear in our immigration system. He goes on to say, they're going after students who who are trying to better their lives because America has the best education. This is who they're choosing to go after. It's really disturbing. Out of the 600 plus students who were enrolled, 146 of them have been arrested and detained by ICE on civil immigration charges. All are from India, except for Najla Karim Musarsa, uh, who is 29 of Dearborn Heights, Michigan, who is Palestinian. So we have a 
massive problem in this country, again, with the brain drain, the last thing we need is our government wasting millions of dollars setting up fake universities to trap people who are trying to get an education. Mm -hmm. I do not understand how this story hasn't been everywhere. MSNBC drops the ball. The only show that's, you know what, the only show that you should listen to? The Bill Press Show. Bill Press. Bill Press. Bill Press. I have Sling and I watch my Bill Press programs. He always has the best people on. I'm also a 95-year-old woman. Uh, February 3rd, India urges U.S. to release foreign students detained by ICE in fake university sting. Uh, this is according to Czar. He says it really shows a contempt for immigrants. She's not a danger to society. She's not trying to defraud. To treat her and others as hardcore criminals is concerning. He goes on to say they want to create fear so non-white people, brown people, don't think of coming to America anymore. These are reports in Indian, American, and Indian media outlets such as the American Bazaar saying that some of the students were being held in poor condition and not getting vegetarian food in accordance with their religious and cultural beliefs. This story to me is just when we think about ICE, of course, we had um, the individual who was detained by ICE briefly when they stopped the Greyhound bus. This is what this looks like. So when the Democrats are like, you know, I again, I'm, I'm like redirect, I minimize it, get them focused on criminals because that's really MS-13. Everyone agrees. Why aren't you going after this MS-13 gang? That's the gang that everyone's talking about. Then go after them. I don't think that these guys uh, and gals who are trying to enroll in a university are like, next step, time for my beat in to the MS-13 gang. Go after gang members then. It is so ludicrous. They're, like chi- they're trying to justify their own existence oh, as it an is organization. Creating a crime so that they can keep themselves busy. So then they say, look at all we have to do. If you don't do that, the same thing with Flinttown. Oftentimes they were creating the scenario. And I'm like, you just made what they were doing criminal. What they were doing was not indeed criminal. So on Thursday, four U.S. representatives, including U.S. Rep. Brenda Lawrence, that's a Democrat out of Southfield, released a letter they sent to the DHS and ICE expressing, quote, concerns surrounding the recent undercover operation conducted by U.S. immigration and custom enforcement, homeland security investigations. The Indian government has also expressed concerns in a letter from from its Ministry of External Affairs. So, you know, that story, that should just send chills down everyone's spine when the government is just going about. I mean, of course, with Donald Trump, it's sort of ironic that there's a fake university or (laughs) I I guess apropos or something. But the fact that the federal government would do that, you have to remember, (laughs) it's not surprising, but unfortunately, it's not that surprising. But this actually did surprise me a little bit. Honestly, the extent that they went to get people, to entrap people, to try to find people who are undocumented. It, it is just absolutely un-American and horrible and a total violation of just human rights. We have got to figure out a path to citizenship. We have got to, you know, I was talking on HLN. That's headline news. Hmm. They only do the headlines. They don't read any of the story. I thought it was Home Life Network. No. Okay. Interesting, though. Oh, that would be a good network, too. And we always talking with some Republican guy. About immigration. This is really where I just disagree with the Republican Party. Um, and he's talking about the right way to do it. You got to come in the right way. And every time, you know, every time a door is open, they slam it shut. And every time a window is open, they nail it shut. There needs to be a path. This path is not, it does not exist. It's, a, it's full of quicksand. It's nothing but potholes. There is nothing there. There is no path. 
It takes forever, and it's just totally clunky. I'm not even against a merit-based approach. I really am not. That's more of a Trump administration thing, other than that it was the lottery. I think merit-based approach is fine. And these people would have passed the merit bro, the, the merit mm-hmm. test. I mean, they want an they education. They wanted an education. That's all they wanted. Anyway, and all they, right. Instead, they got nothing but trouble. Nothing but trouble. Good point, Travis. Good point. Life insurance is one of those topics that everyone knows a little bit about. But do you understand it well enough to feel comfortable buying it? Policy Genius is the easy way to get life insurance. In minutes, you can compare quotes from your top insurers to find the coverage you need at a price you can afford. From there, just apply online, and the advisors at Policy Genius will handle all the red tape. They'll even negotiate your rate with the insurance company. No extra fees, no commission sales agents just helpful advice and personalized service and policy genius doesn't just make life insurance easy whether you're shopping for disability insurance to protect your income homeowners insurance or auto insurance they can help you get covered fast so no matter how much or how little you know about life insurance you can find the right policy in minutes at policygenius.com policy genius the easy way to compare and buy life insurance All right, well, let's move on a little bit, but follow up on that story, and I'm going to see what happens with it. And again, I I just don't understand why no one, I haven't heard anyone talking about that. Maybe Bill Press did. I don't know. I haven't watched every show of his. Just marry Bill Press already. I love him. Okay, another story kind of under the radar here. Donald Trump uh, to sign executive order launching artificial intelligence Initiative. President Trump is expected to sign an executive order uh, this past Monday. The American Artificial Intelligence Initiative, a senior administration official, told reporters the initiative outlines bold, decisive actions to ensure that AI continues to be fueled by American ingenuity, reflects American values, and is applied for the benefit of the American people. Aimed at bolstering American leadership in AI, the, in- the initiative features a multi-pronged approach that is category into that is categorized into five pillars: research and development, AI infrastructure, AI governance, workforce, and international engagement. When asked about the benefit of AI to the American public, the official emphasized how artificial intelligence is something that touches every aspect of our lives, pointing to medical care, food production, and energy resources. Of course, this is really the most recent. This is this is the future fight. You know, this is the future Cold War is the battle for artificial intelligence. The Chinese are crushing it mm-hmm. for worse. I would say for better or for worse, but I'm going to say straight up for worse. They're living in a surveillance state, even worse than we do here in New York City. And I just go around and I count the cameras. That's what I do. I'm like an old man. I'm like, there's a camera. There's a camera. I'm like, I'm like the dog in up. But instead of squirrels, I'm looking at cameras. So this is the United States government coming in and saying we can't lose this war to China. They're starting to fund AI development much more, which is going to be huge. And I'm sure they're working with the private sector to make that happen. If you ever watch those Boston Dynamics videos, they are horrifying. Mm-hmm. They're starting to open doors. They're starting. I mean, as soon. And then, of course, you got the uncanny valley of when they put the face. It tends to be a very attractive woman. That's what they're going for. Right. Like everyone who lo- everyone looks like Megan Kelly or something, <laughs> um, which I don't know why they chose that. I mean, I guess I do, but. They're like, oh, this is a really sweet woman. And it's like, no, peel back the skin. It's like they live. But it's going to happen in real life. Yeah. So that initiative is going on now. It's going forward. As part of his State of the Union address, Trump called for investments in the cutting edge industries of the future. And the administration off, uh, official un- officially underscored the importance of AI in driving 
these future industries. Okay, so there you go. A little bit on that. Check that stuff out. We'll keep on following what the heck is going on with artificial intelligence. I am personally horrified, but that's just me. Maybe I mean, there's also a lot of good things. No, you know, it's I, bad. Would, I wouldn't mind uh, an AI doctor, I guess, if the robot like really figured it all out and was able to look at my guts and be able to like, I know how to sew it up. And I'd say, thank you, doctor. And maybe I could change its voice to be like, I want an Australian doctor. And it'd be like, hit Australia on his little like beep bop boop bop machine. And it'd be like, and then he's then he's like, crikey. Yeah, that's gonna, pretty good Australian accent, he's right? Gut you and pull out your intestine. <laughs> well, I didn't ask him to act like an Australian. I just had to, I asked him to speak like one. I'm just joking. I can't wait to be in Australia very, very soon. All right, so that's a little story also under the radar. And another tale uh, that I wanted to talk to you guys about is a disturbing new bill. This came out. Uh, I think it was this past Tuesday. This is from Gizmodo. Gizmodo.com. Isn't that exciting? Gizmodo. Um, sort of sounds like Gizmo, of course, the very, very cute uh, little fluffer ball. Uh, disturbing bill. This is, a, this is the headline. Disturbing bill would force Arizonians, Arizonians, I like that, to pay $250 to have their DNA added to a database. So this is, this is demonic. In case low salary, this is according to the article here. In case low salaries and thankless work weren't enough to keep you from seeking a public service job in Arizona, a new bill seeks to force applicants to hand over a sample of their DNA. And not just that unbelievable constitutional violation, they are also forcing the applicant to pay $250 in a processing fee. This is crazy. The proposed legislation would apply to anyone in Arizona who is required to be fingerprinted for a job. Bill 1475 was introduced by Republican State Senator David Livingston, according to the Arizona Republic. It has sparked a modest outcry from local individuals and organizations. If passed, the bill would require teachers, police officers, child day care workers, and many others to submit their DNA samples along with fingerprints to be stored in a database maintained by the Department of Public Safety. While the database would be prohibited from storing criminal or medical records along with the DNA samples, it would require the samples be accompanied by the person's name, social security number, date of birth, and last known address. If you want a job, now they want your DNA. In Arizona, at least, if this bill passes, that should send a chilling effect on everyone's spine. I mean, that's like crazy. This why are we punishing people who are looking for gainful employment? <laughs> I mean, why are we constantly deterring people from getting into childcare work and education? Yeah. It makes no sense. I would never. I mean, when I got arrested here because I helped that fellow through a turnstile about nine years ago, I didn't realize that a twenty-five dollar <laughs> open warrant. Um, I'm a regular old Roger Stone over here. So I had, uh, you know, 25 hours or so in the tombs in New York City. Fascinating experience. But I got the retina scan. It's not, you know, so when I'm sitting there getting my retina scan, it's not exactly like I can be like, well, Fourth Amendment, please. Uh, this is an illegal search and seizure of my eyeballs. Uh, because then they would just be like, okay, well, then we can just take, we can have this take a month and a half. How does that sound? And you just hang out in Rikers. 
No, you want to get the process done. So uh, search and seizure for those that uh, this is the Fourth Amendment. It's a procedure used in many civil law and common law legal systems by which police or other authorities and their agents who are suspecting that a crime has been committed commence a search of a person's property and confiscate any relevant evidence found in connection to a crime. Now, if you're telling me that this isn't a search of my property, my DNA inside of this big old body, Mm -hmm. that's my property. That's a lot of DNA. That's a lot of DNA, and that's a lot of my property. So I can, I didn't even, there's no crime. The crime is I want to be a teacher in Arizona. And this prick, this this guy, he should be blasted. This dude's not not literally with a gun or something, but social media needs to blast he this dude. He should get blasted with DNA. Blasted with DNA, a DNA gun. Taste of his own medicine. Absolutely. David Livingston, this total and utter schmuck, Bill 1475, David Livingston, people want to apply for jobs, and now they have to give up their DNA and not just have their civil liberties ripped from them, they also have to pay for it. Just to say F you, the official screw you from the state of Arizona. Gizmodo reached out to Livingston's office uh, to ask why he proposed this legislation and if any private companies, interesting, stand to profit from him. They did not receive an immediate response. Believe it or not, the people that want to strip us of all of our civil liberties, they're a little quiet. They're a little hush. The Arizona Republic speculates that the bill could be related to a recent case in Phoenix where police were able to use DNA to link a nurse to the rape of an incapacitated woman at a local health care facility. Though DNA tests can be used for good, they've also been known to falsely Im- implicate innocent people in crimes they didn't commit. There are many other reasons you might want to think twice about submitting it to a DNA test. Arizona's bill would allow the sharing of DNA between government agencies in a handful of instances and access to the database could be supplied to anyone conducting quote a legitimate research study everyone is doing that so this is just going to go to the highest bidder literally your dna is going to go to the highest bidder apple amazon whoever the hell it might be one of these huge international corporations and it's going to be used for God knows what. Maybe they're going to try to clone. I mean, it sounds crazy, but literally they could experiment with your DNA to work on cloning China technology. China is cloning right now. China they're, is cloning right now. They're cloning. So um, it is. But this is just. And a, also that that rape case with the nurse, um, there was a crime committed. Yeah. It's totally, absolutely different than applying for a job and having. And also, what if you don't get the job? You applied for it. And now you just wasted two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, I mean it is so ludicrous. But this is just another instance of this trend of invading people's privacy for the sake of uh, security overall. Like in two thousand seventeen in River Falls, Wisconsin, uh, there was a, te- a tech company, and they st- they are still doing this. This they, is they yeah, implanted this- uh, microchips in the all the employees' hands, and ma- didn't say it's explicitly required, but they created a culture of conformity and yes, and made it so that everyone has microchip parties after work. Yes, that was a great story. Let me actually let me do the old Google machine here. Um, let me do Wisconsin microchip microchip hand. Uh, I think it should work. <laughs> Wisconsin Wisconsin workers embedded with microchips. Yeah. This is in River Falls, as Travis said. And we've covered this story before. This is a, lo- a local firm here 
uh, they made good on their promise to get shipped, and they would. And uh, once you got shipped, uh, the employees would wear shirts that say "I got shipped." <laughs> Some forty workers at the at the Three Square Market, a firm that makes cafeteria kiosks aimed at replacing vending machines, got tiny rice-sized microchips embedded in their hands. And literally, if you go back and you read that story. Um, it's so that they can get snacks quicker. Mm-hmm. It's because, no, so you have all of your data on this little chip. It's your wallet. It's your access to certain rooms that you might uh, that you might need a card for, usually a key card. But now you just put your hand up to it or yeah. the back of your hand. Yeah, yeah. It's really uncomfortable. It's, it's, Apple, it's Apple Pay become flesh. It's the new flesh, basically. Yes. And, um, and that uh, it's a tracking device. So they're going to, they can, I mean, I, don't understand how anyone did it but as travis mentioned it wasn't forced it was highly suggested yes. by management and company culture was like it's pretty cool <laughs> if you think about like how you're always on the radar and I, i'm not even trying to make like some grandiose statement of like i'm off the grid i'm so freaking on the grid it's ridiculous but i am not everyone and i know for a fact there were a lot of introverts who would mm-hmm. say i don't particularly care to get microchip but i also really need this job in river falls wisconsin where there's not that many jobs around. Well, I guess I better sacrifice more civil liberties so I can make seven fifty an hour trying to make kiosks. Um, uh, really ridiculous. So anyway, uh, those are just a couple of the stories that I thought people should be talking about yeah. this week. Don't you think they're interesting, Travis? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Just lastly, let's see. I guess I'll cover this. I was on um, Fox Nation today. I did. I did this guy Tyrus's show. And uh, and Brit Tyrus and Brit, and he's actually a pretty nice guy. He's a little bit uh, he's he's more like me in some ways. He dis- but we disagreed on this one subject, and I know it's a hot button issue. Um, so let's just talk about it a little bit here. Uh, LGBTQ they this group they kicked out tennis legend Martina Navratilova for opposing transgender men competing with women. So this happened in London. It was February 21st of this year. Um, She fell out because of this quote with this organization. This is what she said. This is the article that she wrote. And again, uh, Navitalova, she was and still is a gay icon. Uh, When she came out as a lesbian, it was a big deal. And I have nothing but uh, respect for her. This kind of reminds me of like, you know, if you don't die young, you'll live long enough to become the villain. Yeah. That's just kind of how life works. Um, this is her article. It's titled, The Rules on Trans Athletes Reward Cheats and Punish the Innocent. Okay. So this is what she says. She says, letting men compete as women simply if they change their name and take hormones is unfair. No matter how those athletes may throw their weight around, this came in response uh, to the condemnations from transgender activists. She, She goes on to write, you can't just proclaim yourself a female and be able to compete against women. Uh, There must be some standards, and having a penis and competing as a woman would not fit that standard. So my thoughts, uh, Tyrus's were like, she's 100% right, and I understand, uh, you know, some of this viewpoint, but my, my point is, if you're taking the hormones... And I don't think that really people, unless after, uh, you know, after puberty, you got to be really careful with that kind of stuff. You don't want to be messing with your body pre-puberty. Um, you're taking the hormones. Your hormone levels are the same as the gender that you identify as. I don't see anything wrong with it. And I understand, you know, she's, this is a new world. This is times have changed. And for her, maybe she's like, what the hell? But I just say, get out there and compete. Try to win. 
It doesn't matter if someone's transgender or not. Uh, just do your best to compete. Uh, and, you know, the best person will win no matter what. Yeah. Why are you so, so scared? I mean, you take know, the challenge, take the challenge, get it done. I mean, I equated it on the show to Oscar Pistorius. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's that dude. I believe it. What is it? South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he shot his girlfriend because she thought she he thought that she was an intruder. And like every intruder, they go to the bathroom yeah. before they rob and murder you. I mean, granted, well, it's, it's the nerves. It's you, the nerves. Yeah. You, yeah. Get, you get yucky, Tommy, when you when you're breaking into. A yeah. House. I mean, naturally, I get it. But of course, I mean, you know, it is a very dangerous area. But that was a, a horrible defense. And uh, I think he's continually in legal trouble because of it. But when you look at him running in the Olympics, mm-hmm. this dude's got two cyborg legs. Yep. They are better than human legs. You can't break them. Uh, there's no Zion happening. Uh, who, there's no shoe breaking. Yeah. Um, that's a whole other story, yeah, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Zion, Nike <laughs> really messed up on that. But there, you know, and but everyone's like, oh, what a, what a hero, what mm-hmm. a brave. I'm like, he's half robot. Yeah. You know, the guy is like the Terminator, the evil Terminator, like liquid metal from Terminator Two, and everyone's like, this is amazing. This is a development. So, quite frankly, the future is just going to be more gender fluid. And people with bionic arms are going to start, you I think, know, I think the playing future, football. The uh, future is battle bots. That's the future, future of sports. I, I love battle bots. We've been there. I we need to return battle to battle bots. Yes. So that really is just where the culture is going. And I understand some of the hesitation, but we also have to remember there are so few. The number of transgender athletes, it's so few. Yeah, definitely. And this is also on the heels of Donald Trump's horrific, horrible transgender ban in the military. Yeah. Just this idea that, you know, so so if you're a transgender, you're like, what am I supposed to do? Donald Trump says, the administration says, I'm too weak to go to war because I used to be a woman, uh, now a man, or vice versa. And people like Maria Navatilova say, I'm too strong. Yeah. It's so a, what am sick. I supposed to do? Yeah. So we just need to chill out. Let people, let people live. That's what I say. Go out there, compete, you know, and... Um, the way that the science works, my understanding, and, and, you know, shoot me an email at the last podcast network at gmail.com. I want to hear from our transgender people. And, you know, I, I you know, I, if you have a, if you have an oppo- opposing argument, feel free to email me as well. I just st- believe strongly in this because uh, obviously we have a lot of transgender listeners and I have uh, some transgender uh, friends and everything. So I just sort of see myself in stories like this. And um, I just feel like we need to make sure that going forward that we don't have a, a society that is know just actively going rooting against somebody for you know attempting to compete in an athletic event and what she what she is proposing is sort of like worst case scenario yeah where she's like they can just go back to being a man they're gonna rest they're gonna play tennis they're gonna beat all the women what? and then they're gonna go back to be a man but i also feel like remember that billy jean documentary yeah. where she beat that now granted he was a little bit older than he, she was but i also feel like that's doing a disservice to women if you take you take anyone against Serena uh-huh. or Venus, and I'm like, they'll just beat everyone. Oh, yeah. I'm not worried about, like, I don't think that they're concerned about going against a transgender uh, athlete. So, you know, but anyway, n- no reason to c- crucify this woman or anything, but I just disagree with her on that point. And, of course, <laughs> then there was some controversy because she got kicked out of this group or is no longer an ambassador. But it's kind of like you were the ambassador for an LGBT 
uh, group. And then you, so you can't really go against yeah. one fourth or one fifth if you add the Q. You know, so I understand. And who is this shape shifting villain of a tennis player that's coming in to dominate a woman and then go back to being uh, a man? See, I don't know. That's the, th- but you know. It's just different times, and I understand you. I mean, as soon as robots start competing with people, I will be anti-robot, and then I will be seen <laughs> as a, a ro- robotist. I don't know um, what kind of bigotry uh, term will be applied to people who don't like robots. You but are I, a robot bigot. I am a robot bigot. Yeah, I actually am, and I maybe I'll change my view. Maybe I'll have a uh, maybe I'll have a change of heart or something. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to give that comment because I know specifically on the right, they're going to be like, "Look at this craziness." Um, and you know, chill, chill out my, my message to the world, chill out. Unless of course you're getting your rights, rights stripped away, uh, from ice when they set up fake universities. And of course, when you have to give your DNA without your, uh, without your, uh, desire and you have to pay for it yourself and the war against, uh, AI continues. Although, you know, uh, there's some positive things with that. I'm like, I'm not, AI can be used for good. Everything can be used for good, but Let's I, just I go back to cowboy times. We we all we all love Red Dead Redemption. I love it. I'm playing uh, because Marcus recommended Far Cry Four. That's what I'm playing. I just now. bought Far Cry Five last night. Apparently, Far it's a great game. I'm loving it. I'm loving um, it. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you very, very much. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Ben Kissel One, Twitter at Ben Kissel, which I go on every now and again. But I, I like Instagram a little bit more because I like to see your art, and you guys are all amazing. So thank you all so much for listening. I will talk to you soon. Hail yourselves! This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.